0: I remember the first time I ever saw a medieval castle. I was 15 years old and I'd never been to Europe before. And we were there driving through the French countryside and vineyards towards a city that was encircled by walls. And as we got closer, we saw this city had walls that were so tall, and they had the crenellations at the top, the little notches. They were punctuated by turrets with pointy towers, pointy roofs. And there was even a stone bridge over what looked like a dry riverbed. And I remember walking across this bridge and looking down and realizing, That's where a moat was, a real moat. And it hit me, Walt Disney did not invent castles. (laughs) That Disneyland castle was not fantasy, castles were real. Turrets, pointy roofs, slitted windows, cities, whole cities protected by moats and walls. They really existed. And it was like this cognitive 14 year old mashup of schoolroom history of kings and queens and kingdoms meeting imaginary fairy tale princess life meeting real life stone walls. It's mind blowing. And I don't think I'm the only American who has had or even has a mixed up idea of kings and queens or maybe not mixed up, but one that is remote. They're exotic. Royalty for us live in history books and archives. They're dusted off for movies and TV shows like the Tudors, or more recently, the Crown, the young Victoria. Or their are fodder for fantasy, Game of Thrones, seven kingdoms, people vying in each kingdom to be the top one. And then all those kingdoms going after each other to be on the Iron Throne. Part of our ethos as Americans is that kings and queens are fundamentally oppressive. Monarchy hierarchy of power, we got rid of that with the American Revolution. And thank you very much, we came up with a better way, democracy. So what are we to make of the fact that this Sunday is Christ the King Sunday? And across the Western Christian calendar, people are celebrating Christ the King, the reign of Christ. We might as well say Christ, You know, that thing we don't think we should have for our nation, Christ, that exotic institution of television and fairy tales. Yet Christ as king is woven through scripture. It's in our prayer book. In piles of our hymns, the hallelujah chorus of Handel's Messiah, you know, king of kings and lord of lords. Christ the king. And Matthew's Gospel today pokes at the very thing many of us fear and are conflicted about around kings. Jesus sitting on a throne of glory, exercising absolute power, separating sheep and goats, good and bad, the final judgment. And final judgment with eternal consequences, It's the end of days, and this is a time that popular culture grabs onto and depicts as a horrible reckoning. You think of that wildly popular Left Behind series from the mid-90s through the early 2000s, the very title depicting this frightening image of God choosing the innies and the outies. But if we let our fear guide our reading of the text, we miss some of the core of the revelation that is in there of who Christ is. There's a danger any time we use symbols or imagery to depict God because those images and symbols are imperfect. There are many ways they can open up understanding, but our own ideas about those symbols can also limit and constrict our understanding of the divine. Personally, I harbor a tremendous suspicion of authority. I don't easily trust it. Images of a king crash into my own anger at abuses of authority and the many ways, especially in this nation, it has maintained and still maintains structures of patriarchy, racism, xenophobia, homophobia, Power abuses by men in the workplace, Harvey Weinstein and the many, many others. Power abuses of white Americans against black, a disgusting rate of incarceration and violence against black men. Power abuses to hoard the wealth of this nation for ourselves, to shut down our borders, to people who are suffering, kicking out DACA kids. And just this week, trying to purge ourselves of Haitian refugees, power abuses feeding hate crimes against the LGBTQ community and especially our transgender siblings. But if you take a close look at this text and move beyond the judgment, there's a depiction of Christ as king with a kingship that radically upends our idea of a domineering power. This radical revelation is that Jesus stands not in hallowed halls of power over all to lord that power over all, but that his kingship and power stands in full solidarity with us and especially in solidarity with the least among us. So who is Christ? Matthew Scripture today says, "I was hungry. You gave me food. I, Christ, was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You welcomed me naked. You gave me clothing. Sick, you took care of me. I, Christ, was in prison. You visited me. Here we have Christ the King teaching us that he is the one who is hungry, thirsty, estranged, naked, sick, imprisoned. I, Jesus, I, God, I am the least among us. The great I am of Hebrew scriptures, perhaps not the king up there, but the king with us. It's an idea of Christ in a sense as an upside down king with the most needy among us with those of us who suffer. And the call here is to orient ourselves with this Christ, this King, the Christ in and among us. And in the end, this end that's described in Matthew's Gospel, in the end, standing with the least of us is all that matters. So Christianity is not simply about professing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, as our King, Christianity is not a one-and-done deal. Uh, I profess Jesus, and I've got my insurance policy for eternal life. Christianity is a path. It's about orienting our hearts to Jesus and having Jesus orient our minds, ourselves, our lives to serving him and serving one another, especially among the least of us it's interesting, when the sheep and the goats are separated, they don't understand what makes them different. When didn't we feed you? Or when did we feed you? Both of them ask the question. And the separation of who did or did not serve paints a picture, in a sense, of Jesus his love and how Jesus' love is planted in our hearts and plays out every day, whether we know it or not. We are created as beloved children of God. And in Matthew's gospel, we already are the salt of the earth. We don't earn our saltiness. We already are the light that is to shine upon all. And serving the least among us, That's letting that salt work. It's letting that light out. It's sharing God's love in the world. It's a call to live into the blessedness we were already created for. The true power and greatness of Christ the King is this eternal love, this upside-down kind of reign, kingship, the true power and greatness of Christ is that this love is eternal. We are the arms and the hearts and the legs and of that power of love. We are the ones to humbly share it with every human being to the very humblest among us. Sharing with women who've been abused, with African Americans who are oppressed, with every population subjugated by another. Sharing that love with the stranger, opening our hearts to all. Power with Christ is not a question of one-upsmanship. It's not self-aggrandizement. It's not about God as king of the hill or as our family plays, king of the couch, shoving down everyone else who's climbing to the top. Power is sharing that throne. Power is knowing that love rules, that love transforms, that love resurrects and brings new life. Jesus, the upside-down king, has a castle without walls, a moat that does not keep everyone out. It's an emptied moat. The coffers of Christ the King are open, and riches are available to all. Our invitation is to follow this king, our upside-down king, and unlock the chains of our hearts and live into the challenge of loving our neighbors. I wish I knew the specifics of what that looks like. How are we to love the stranger among us? What decisions are we to make about feeding the hungry, giving the thirsty something to drink, sheltering people, visiting people in prison? Christianity is not an easy path. And this story of the final judgment shows there is a right way of sharing love. But blocking that love, that's not eternal life. So let's go forth. Let's ponder, let's pray, and let's try and live into the love that's already planted in our hearts. The love of Christ. Christ's love. Christ, the upside-down king. Amen.